Oh, hey. Dave, you're so careful. Can't you just tell Ed to fuck himself? Bags on tracks, but gonna bring some vinyl down from the front to the back with bags on tracks. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host, Des, aka Johnny, 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 And tonight, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster coming through in high fidelity, Evil Ed. And the Uh, podcaster playing the deep cuts, B-Side Dave. And last but not least, the podcaster with a degree in rock and roll, Beaconstein. And as always, the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you, the listeners, to albums and bands which you may never have heard before, while also discussing the classics. And on occasion, we will ruthlessly insult each other's musical taste. So sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, so later in the show, we will be unveiling a new segment called The Bonus Track where we will be breaking down and scoring one completely random track and then rank it and place it on the Breaking Vinyl bonus track, Wall of Fame. Starting next week, we would like you, the listener, to pick the track and have your name and track immortalized on the Wall of Fame while competing for the number one spot each week with your fellow listeners. Tonight, we will post a bonus track graphic on the Breaking Vinyl Facebook page. So just go and leave your song selection in the comments on that post, and we will pick one song, review it, and rank it, and place it on the Wall of Fame. All submissions must be in by Thursday at 8 p.m. So just go to the Facebook page, Go on the link that I put on. You'll see it. It'll say bonus track. There'll be a graphic for it. Go into the comments. Just leave your submission and we will pick one. Okay. Hope that was uh, simple enough for you to understand. Okay. Tonight, we will be discussing the second studio album by the Foo Fighters, The Color and Shape, produced by Gil Norton, released on May 20th, 1997 by Roswell and Capitol Records. The album peaked at number 10 on the Billboard 200. The band's lineup was as follows. Dave Grohl, lead vocals, guitar, and drums. Wow. Pat Smear, guitar. And Nate Mendel on the bass. Uh, okay, let's do some band facts on this one. I will get it started. Um, so this is what I got. Dave Grohl played drums in Nirvana. And this album was way too long. That's what I got. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Yes. Uh, this remains the Foo Fighters' biggest seller in the U.S., having sold more than 2 million copies. Not too shabby. Uh, initial recording sessions were done at Bear Creek Studio in uh, Washington State. Uh, these tracks were mostly scrapped. Recording resumed at Hollywood's Grandmaster Recorders, where Dave Grohl redid almost all of drummer William Goldsmith's tracks. 
this was another guy who played on the original uh, session. Mr. Goldsmith decided to leave the band, even though they wanted to keep him. What a dumbass. Yeah. yeah. So, so his ego uh, just made him quit the band after, you know, his shitty drumming didn't cut the mustard on this album. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Right. Fucking idiot. Oh, shit. Dave, good stuff. Um, Ed, what do you got for facts on this one? Yeah. And uh, to double down on that, Dave, uh, some of the stuff I was reading, I think it was, I was reading the Kerrang, believe it or not. Jesus. And, uh, it was saying when they were recording, uh, uh, Dave Grohl was like having this poor guy do like 96 takes because it wasn't good enough. It wasn't what Dave Grohl wanted because he's just, he's a known perfectionist. He wanted it to sound a specific way. And I think it was probably more Dave couldn't explain it the way Goldsmith would understand it. Or Goldsmith just didn't have the ability, but I don't know. I think it's also, they were trying to find their identity because also the producer they pulled in, they were looking to get that pixie sound. And I'm like, dude, if you're looking to get the pixie sounds, you're you're not looking for the best musicians, man. (laughs) Ed, I can explain exactly what Dave Grohl wanted. Like if I was in that studio, I would have said, hey, play every single track exactly like Teen Spirit. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah, still, the formula was very similar. Yeah, they still wanted to keep him in the band, though. They did oh. as a touring drummer. Yeah, uh, and and lo and behold, in comes Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, which totally changed the sound of uh, the Foo Fighters for me. Um, from then, yeah, from then on, yeah, absolutely. From this original album, uh, Fee, what did you have on this one? Yeah, I didn't have uh, too many facts on this, but I, you know, I did have a take that similar to David Coverdale from last week's album, there are a lot of fucking members in this band over time, you know? So Dave, <laughs> must, he must be a little difficult to work with. I don't know. Yeah. No, he's a little difficult to listen to. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Apparently this is not going to be the love fest that we've previously had between <laughs> Fee and Des. No, it's not. This one is <laughs> definitely not. This one is tough. Um, all right, so... Let's do some opening thoughts on this one. Uh, I'll get us started. It's going to be brief again. So this album is a bowl of chocolate ice cream, okay? Is chocolate ice cream good? Of course it is. Very good. Do I like chocolate ice cream? No. No, I do not. So there it is. Uh, (laughs) Dave. (laughs) Dave, what do you think of this one? Well, I have not listened to this album all the way through before. I am not a Foo fan. Uh, I've only heard the three singles in the radio, uh, on the radio, excuse me, in my car a million billion fucking times. (laughs) Too many. Too many. Uh, Yeah, fuck. Uh, Ed, have you ever listened to this one uh, cover to cover? For preparing, uh, I am a Foo Fighters fan, but I've never listened to this album. In fact, I only owned uh, one Foo Fighters album before this, and it was not this one. Uh, I dig them. I dig the the vibe, the sound, the hits. I love, um, but every every it's it's definitely a time and place uh, type sound overall for the band for me. Yeah. Oh God, it's it's. 
All right, Fee, what did obviously you've heard this cover to cover because you forced me to listen to it on my birthday. So go ahead. Tell us why this is a great album. Why is this a great album, Fee? God, I'm gonna need a fucking pet man today, I think. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is gonna be a beatdown. All right. Um I I love this album now, and I'll tell you guys why, and you're probably gonna shit on me for this too, but I I used to play this album constantly on rock band so i'd come home from work on like a friday night pour pour a glass of bourbon and play this album on rock band and just get trashed and have a good time you know well this album amongst other things like motley Crue's dr feel good and like weezer's the red album and all of those things too you know so um yeah so feel free yeah open up your backsides and let let the shit rain out actually you know what uh, i'm actually going to defend you a little bit on this and here's why so my kids, when when we had uh, when Rock Band first came out, uh, my kids got it. They loved it, and ever since my kids were born, I you know I'd be like, okay, who's this? You know, and they'd have to name the the artist. They'd have to tell me why it was good, why it was bad. And I'm talking like the Beatles, the Stones, you know, all the old greats. And I made sure they knew it. And then all of a sudden, Rock Band came out, and they go, oh, I know the song, I know the song, and it got them interested in a little bit wider variety of music as much as i hated that oh yeah i can play that song on rock band i'm like great i can actually play that song on an instrument um it at least reintroduced another generation to music that they probably wouldn't be introduced to so i'm going to give you and the video game rock band a little bit of cred for at least getting people to hear songs that they probably wouldn't listen to Okay, and in case the listeners haven't figured this out, Ed is my fucking arch nemesis on this show. I, I, dude, fucking rock band, okay? That fucking stupid video game came out, and every little kid, instead of buying a fucking guitar and spending five hours a day learning how to play it, they fucking learned how to fucking push buttons on a stupid little plastic piece of shit that would wind up in the closet broken two years later. Fuck rock band, and your story was terrible. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, Pete, it was si- it was the game Simon on the shape of a guitar. <laughs> okay, it was terrible. B, let me ask you. So let's paint the picture for our listeners. You come home from work, it's been a hard day. You're about to strap on the fucking guitar hero little plastic guitar. Do you wear it down low like a sleaze rocker? Are you wearing it up high like a the bass like player? Like a professional in player? Like the bass player in Rush? <laughs> like a professional player, dude? Okay, just to answer the question, Fee. Do you want your guitar lower high? I don't know what lower high is. Like what? Up on my fucking okay. chest or like okay. down on my dick? Like I don't know. Like what are you All talking right, yeah. about? Yeah, down on your dick or up Pretty on your much. chest. Only one answer is correct. <laughs> yes. Somewhere somewhere in between. There's no such thing. It's either high or low. Either you're a sneeze nope. rocker or you're a fucking jazz nerd. A dork. <laughs> How about right about here? I don't know, midsection. Right on the belly button. How's that? I'll I'll give it to you. You're a cool guitar hero rocker. I'll give that. Dave, can we give that to him? Just below the belly button? Close enough. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Dave, your thoughts on Guitar Hero since we're doing it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I agree with the, you know, maybe exposing, uh, you know, some some kids to stuff they wouldn't hear, but also agree with the pushing buttons. Oh, absolutely. Thing. I don't disagree um, with that at all. <laughs> oh, Dave, you're so careful. Can't you just tell Ed to fuck himself? 
<laughs> okay, let's get into this. Okay, all right. Let's get into this um, this grind, this this marathon of an album. Uh, track number uno is called Doll. Um, I'll take it. I'm going to keep the same order as last week. It just kind of worked. Um, I like the intro. Uh, especially the note selection on this one. We're going to get uh, G, A minor, B minor, and then the money note, a B flat minor, that I just loved with the vocal. So he's saying scared behind this B flat minor, and it just sounds so cool. I love it. It really worked for me. Um, I love the effect choices on the vocal. Um between the intro and the rest of the song, they like compress this vocal down real small and make it sound kind of like, you know, like this like sort of Beatles thing. And then when the rest of it comes in, it kind of makes the song feel longer. I mean, it's only a minute and 23 seconds long, but that choice kind of made it feel like a complete song, sort of, but not really. Um, it was all right, I guess. Dave, what'd you think of Doll? Uh, yay, 90s megaphone vocals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I didn't. I did not think it was a great opener. Uh, it sounded better when the drums came in, you know, with that nice, uh, you know, Zeppelin, John Bonham kind of fill. Uh, but it, it's, it didn't sound like a full song to me. I think it needed some more work to, to round it out. Yeah, I agree, dude. And that's, that is a theme that's going to repeat over and over. There's like four songs in this album that could have been one good song. Yep. Uh, Ed, what did you think of all? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, the opening is very depressing. Supposedly the song's about, uh, the fear of entertaining, uh, entering situations unprepared. Uh, and I can relate to that. Um, it's very chill as a song. Uh, I do like the baseline in it though. I think, uh, considering I'm really was never a fan of Nate. Uh, I, I actually liked a lot of the baselines in this, on this album. Uh, and thought they were some of his best work. Uh, but yeah, for this song, uh, I do agree with you, Des. And remember this, mark the calendar. I agree with you. Uh, the, <laughs> the chord choices, I really enjoyed. It, it, I thought it offered a great tonal experience. Um, but yeah, other than the quasi-interlude type of song, it's almost like it should have been in between two of the songs that sound exactly alike on the album. Yeah, and I fucking this the way this guy plays bass is kind of how I like it, man. It's loose, he's running, he's it's it's really good. The bass playing is really good on this. Uh feet. So uh is this one gonna be playlist played out or just okay? And give us your thoughts. Well, here's kind of my take, and and I know you guys don't dig it, but I, I had a really hard time with this album because music's all about memories in a lot of ways, you know, like did did you enjoy this when you were first hearing it? You know, what was going on in your life? What was, you know, what was happening? And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. So I'm kind of ranking these songs a little more critically because I just wanted to say, Oh man, I remember that time that we were all, you know, whatever. And like, and I had a good time with this. So this song was just okay for me. It's a rock band warm up tune. Um, Definitely ah! very. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, De that kills me. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely, um, uh, 
different than the the you know first tracks on the other albums we've been reviewing you know because all the other albums we review just have these hard hitting like really killer like run through a wall type type intros and uh this one this one did not so i thought that was kind of different but um it was just okay just okay a lot of weird like one and a half two and 12 minute runtime songs in this album that just go nowhere and sound incomplete Uh, i heard a song for the first time the other day while i was in the dentist office which is strange i have to just ask you guys if you've heard it and maybe turn the listeners onto it it's country which is not really my thing but the guy's name is zach byron and the song is called something in the orange and it's fucking really good man the the writing is amazing so suggest you guys check that one out if you haven't it's it's really good and you really uh, really yeah. ed you i know you would love don't it. know it okay uh dave you would probably hate it um okay <laughs> maybe so next song is monkey wrench i think we've all heard this one um so right off the bat even though this isn't grunge like nirvana um i like my food fighters with dave grohl on drums these drums are aggressive um in sound and performance compared to the later albums we get with the great you know taylor hawkins um but I like Dave's flavor. It keeps the Foo Fighters with like one foot in the grunge gutter. Like just a little bit. Like then I'm not saying it is, but I mean, it just eh, keeps it from being just total, just oh, vanilla fucking, you know. Um, as far as the song, I love the lyrics. I love pretty much everything about the song. It's It's great. I can't bash a tune that's perfectly arranged with an amazing chorus and it just rocks as hard as this one. It's just not my jam. It's just not my thing. But I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a great song because it fucking is. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, this one's fine. Uh, guitars are loud. The riff is a little disjointed. Uh, keeps it from flowing smoothly. But I think that's a you know artistic decision. Uh, the vocals are clear and doubled. Uh, Dave Grohl starts yelling on one note, which is going to be a problem for the rest of this album when he gets into rah, 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 rah. Uh, no no thanks but uh yeah yeah the songs all right dave oh, man you beat <laughs> me to it because this is in my notes over and over like dave will you please yeah. stop fucking yelling at me you're just uh-huh. yelling you're just yelling <laughs> uh ed what did you think of monkey wrench uh, I love this song. It is mm-hmm. definitely a great song. Right away, the guitar riff is, I really like it. And I really like the guitar tone on it. Um, the lyrics, I think, are really well written. The story flows. Uh, no guitar solo, but I think it kind of works well for this song. It's also kind of the time period. You know, this is when, like, all of a sudden, all guitar solos just went away. <laughs> it was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, I actually like the last verse where he's yelling. And I like that the way they played it off in the fact that he clearly doesn't do it in one breath. Right. But it comes off as it is one breath, you know, especially at the end where he's holding that long scream, yeah. um, you know, because, you know, everyone in their car is trying to do that, you know, and they're all passing out and then driving into trees or something. So <laughs> Ed, I want to elaborate on what you said about the guitar sound. So, 
What's weird about this album and what you said about solos, because this was when there were still guitar solos, but they changed. Okay. So they weren't single note um, guitar solos like we were used to in the you know late 80s, early 90s. What happened was they went to these solos that were like, where they do like this melody. Yeah. Um, melody. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were these melody solos, you know, and we, and, what was weird about this band was it kind of had that guitar tone, like, you know, good Charlotte, fucking Blink-182, which for a guy who was trying to kind of put up like this, like adult big boy album, it kind of still had that sort of like, you know, 17-year-old girl, early 2000s, teeny bopper, bullshit sound, which hurt the album, in my opinion. He should have fucking got a real guitar player. You know, it's but like, wasn't... Wasn't that him though? I mean, wasn't he in his twenties at this point? Early twenties? I don't think so. I mean, he just came off a yeah. huge career with Nirvana. He couldn't still be nineteen, you know? No, but I he was probably what, twenty-five to twenty-seven? Yeah, it's like you're not a good enough guitar player to pull this album off by yourself and with the other guy that you probably wouldn't let do shit. It's like bring in a <laughs> fucking real guitar player and fucking let's hear some guitar on this album. There it's is like, one other thing that I really liked about this song, and it's the end. And I like when songs do this and when bands can do this. I don't like it when it's overdone, but when you have two different parts of the song on top of each other that work, I just, I, I like it. I used to do it with, uh, there were three songs we used to do uh, in a cover band that, uh, because they were, yeah, they, well, they were similar bass lines. So I'm like, hey, these all work and we would do it. And uh, it was just fun because people, it, it exposed people to that, there's only 12 notes. Songs are eventually going to sound the same. Is this a new segment? Fucking Ed's cover band fucking story <laughs> corner? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm it's still fun. out there kicking it. How about you? It. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, B, Monkey Wrench. I know you love this song. I do. I do. This is definitely a playlist for me. And okay. Ed, I agree with you. I like the way they ended this song. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know. I just like the sound of it. Um, my only note on this was this song jams. And there's not too much screaming like some songs, which I think kind of wears down on me over the album. But uh, overall, great song. Like a playlist for me, 100%. Now, Fee, when you're playing this one on Guitar Hero, is it like excellent, perfect, bonus, fire, fire? <laughs> no. <laughs> wait, wait, me. wait. Does, it, does this mean you've played Guitar Hero? Because that um, sounds awfully familiar. I, I played this actually one time at a party in Richie Keys' basement. Oh, God. I remember like seeing how impressed everyone was with themselves. Like, dude, like, wait. Hold on. You're not fucking shredding fucking Bark at the Moon right now, okay? Right. Like, I hate to tell you, but you you are not, like, ripping Jakey Lee's solos out note for note, all right? So relax and go fuck yourself. Track number three is called uh, Hey Johnny Park. Um, so, again, Dave's drums are really good. Um, he puts these interesting effects that are going to like feather in and out of the track on these drum tracks. And it made it interesting. And I mean, honestly, I'm just trying to look for like interesting and nice things to say about these songs because they were so forgettable. Um, the chorus is a little plain and repetitive, like all the choruses on this, except for maybe the big three. Um, but the transition 
um, into the next song is really clever. I like the way they strung these two together. Um, just works for me and really opens up the feel of the sound of the next track. Um, because it was such a, um, a contrast between the two songs that I thought it was clever the way they were able to transition a song that sounded this way into a song that sounded this way so smoothly. And it really grabbed my ear and pulled me into the next song. Unfortunately, I didn't really love the next song. <laughs> Dave, what'd you think of Hey Johnny Park? All right. Well, kind of like the Velvet Revolver album, the guitars are already beating my ears up. Killing uh, it's It's a good sound. It's just very tiring. It's something about the frequencies or how much they're yeah. compressed or something like that. Um, they're, they're killing me there. Uh, great vocal in the quiet parts, though. And uh, I like the fuzz guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Dave, this album, <laughs> by the end, my ears were begging for mercy. Like, please yep. stop. Just stop. I, it, it hurt. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. They just run everything down the middle on 10. Oh, uh, Ed. Hey, Johnny Park. What'd you like about it? Uh, it I like the opening riff. Uh, and then the song drops for the verse. Uh, and there's a cool bass line under it. The chorus is kind of the typical growl sound. I like it, but I have to be in the mood for it. Uh, the solo is just a riff, which is kind of disappointing for me, uh, but it fits where the music was for the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the effects on the guitar or drums, whatever it is, right at the end, where it kind of like zooms back and forth, but it's yeah. kind of like a flange almost, but not. Uh, that was kind of like the most interesting part of the song for me, unfortunately. Oh, um, but God. I did actually, it, it, it wasn't, it was an average song, I think, for the album. All right. Uh, Fee, where does this one land on the list for you? <laughs> I can't stop fucking laughing at this because I'm just getting destroyed here. And um, I, I like this song. It's a playlist for me. Oh, uh, fuck you. I don't Sorry. know. I just. Oh, God, Why? maybe like 30 something memories got in the way. I don't know. <laughs> Too much bourbon that night. I could be anything, but I'm, I like it. Dude, playlist. bourbon and guitar hero. <laughs> Who would have known? What a strange combination. <laughs> I can see Fee like in his fucking, in his Fruit of the Looms, fucking glass of bourbon, <laughs> shit face two in the morning, his neighbors Tidy are banging Whitey's on the going. wall. Tidy Whitey's, the, you know, Tom Cruise, the ah. neighbors are banging on the wall. Shut the fuck up, Fee. Fuck you. I love the Foo Fighters. Okay. <laughs> 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 this song's on but, my fucking playlist. But here, okay. here's the thing, Des, is I literally listened to nothing else by the Foo Fighters but this album. Nothing else. I've heard okay. nothing else by them. I know nothing else about them except for this album. I'm the dude, this album, like this has earworm for you? This earworms you? I like it. Yeah. I didn't a catch lot. a single earworm on uh, two earworms, but only because like Dave said it was forced upon me in my car. I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> uh, all right. Track four, my poor brain and my poor ears. Uh, the transition from Hey Johnny Park, it's perfection. It's it's really well done. I mean, this is something cool. I don't think I've heard it done that many times before. So, you know, kudos to Dave for this. It was, it was fun. Um, the song itself, very repetitive, uh, specifically the lyrics. 
but the use of dynamics between the sections keeps it interesting. And uh, the use of the slide guitar was probably my favorite part of the song, just because you know, I like slide guitar, but honestly, it wasn't good slide guitar. I mean, it was like the way I played slide guitar, like, you know, when somebody gave one to me, when they're like, I don't know how to fucking use this here, you have it. And I was like, oh, woo, cool. You know, like it's kind of that kind of slide guitar. So whatever. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? Yeah, uh, starts with a massive sound into some uh, California pop thing. The yeah, I I wasn't a fan of the transition as much as you guys were, but the uh, vocals are a little set back. I did like the harmony slide guitars, but yeah. the the burst of uh, feedback that they had going on in in the guitar riff at, I, on my left side, they really could have tamed that down that was kind of bothering me but uh, i would have liked to hear that a little bit lower in the mix yeah uh these slide guitars were not up to mick mars's fucking standards okay <laughs> no but they did the job it's all right oh. they, they they were okay they were okay um fuck ed what did you think of my poor brain uh desi again i agree with you 100 on this song <laughs> shit team desi ed uh yeah you know what i really liked the intro but i also i i the way dave described it the mess of sound is is a great description of it because i don't know it worked for me and then i like how the, it slowly transitioned into this song and but really other than i i find like the guitars were kind of hypnotic because it was so repetitive and it was just like just sitting on that note um but the, it was extremes. It was like, okay, it's going to be loud in your face. It's going to be super chill. And it, there was no flow between it. It was just boom, 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 boom. It was almost like being on an elevator that kept jogging. Um, you know, but it, it was actually, I, I really enjoyed the song. I actually gave it a high mark. Really, Ed, can you hum uh, three bars of the chorus for me? No. So you have just no idea how this song goes. You couldn't like I could not repeat it right now, but okay. I've never listened to the album until I listened to it twice today. Can you sing the first three lines of the verse? I can't sing the first three lines of any song. So could we all sing the first three lines of let's say Home Sweet Home? No. You couldn't sing the first three lines of Home. You know I'm a dreamer. No. Dude, I suck at remembering lyrics. Okay. Okay. I usually just make up my own backing lyrics and I went the singer to, hates me. I went to the wrong co-host. Uh Dave, could you <laughs> sing the first three lines of Home Sweet Home? Certainly can. Uh Fee, could you sing the first three lines of Home Sweet Home? Pretty close, yeah. I, Ed, it wouldn't be good, do, but close. And why do you yeah. do a music podcast? Why do you do a music <laughs> podcast? The fuck is wrong with you? You can't sing the first three lines to Home Sweet Home. Okay. Uh, you you give me something to read, I'll sing it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Fee, my poor brain, please go. Okay. Is this, is this playlist played out or is this just okay? This is playlist for me. Oh and my God. <laughs> you guys are fucking crazy. You're fucking You're fired all guy. Fucking crazy. Oh, You're insane. Shit. And, and I think, you know, again, I was trying to look at this album through a little bit of a different lens for me. Uh, I have good memories. So good memories are going to equal, a, you know, a higher ranking right off the bat. Agreed. But. I love the intro. I thought it was really cool. Um, the way, you know, the transition from the previous song into this one. 
but I like I like songs, especially live, that kind of go really heavy and then kind of mellow out, give you a chance to catch your breath, and then go boom, like just hit you hit you in the face again. I love songs like that live. So, so I was just kind of picturing myself at a concert listening to this song, and I would have been like, yeah, I'd be getting down to this song live. Were you so. picturing yourself doing mushrooms at this concert? <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle that. No. <laughs> no. B, how much money did you spend on this concert? And what row are you in? <laughs> it's, no. I mean, this is this is definitely uh like I probably wouldn't go over fifty bucks on this, and I'd okay. I'd I just like get me in the arena. I don't care. Okay, so for Foo Fighters, you're not like spending a month's pay for front row. No. Okay, no. what band is Fee spending a month's pay on for a front row ticket? Any band, oh. all time. Oh, band? Uh, yeah. Band? Yes. No, 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 no. Music oh. act. Music okay. act. Ed, Ed knows something here. Ed knows something here. What's the girl's name that he loves? I love Ellie Golding. Okay. Can you sing us? You're going to love her someday, too. But Can no. you sing um, us um, the first three lines of your favorite Ellie Golding song? No. Um, okay, no, she must I be great. I couldn't do it justice. Yeah, okay. fucking okay. voice of an angel, that one. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I actually just spent $150 to go see her in L.A. because she's only playing three shows in the United States and the closest one's in L.A. So She must be very popular. Okay. Oh, uh, there's more to it than that. But, yeah. Um, yes, hugely popular in Europe. So. Okay. Kind of like Spinal Tap in Japan? <laughs> um, Ed, I feel like you're being uh, nice to me today, perhaps because it's my birthday, and I would like to thank you for that. Uh, no, I don't like you that much. Okay, so track <laughs> five. <laughs> track five on this fucking whirlwind of an album is called Wind Up. Um, so cool guitar ideas in the beginning, but Dave's vocals are getting lost in the mix a bit here. Um, the song is just kind of confusing to me. I was lost in it. Like, did you guys find yourselves kind of lost in this song? Like, I, I had no idea where I was, and it had no hook. It just like is it, like I'm thinking I'm in the verse. Is there a bridge? Is there a chorus? Oh, the song's over. Good. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, Dave, what'd you think? Here we go. It was a rock and riff. Okay. I wasn't crazy about the solo slash bridge section, uh, and then it got good again shortly before it kicked back in. Uh, I, I think it was all about the the guitar riffs in here. I don't remember any of the uh, vocal or anything, except for more Dave Grohl yelling. Please Just stop. Yelling. Uh, Dave, yeah, the solo bridge ver verse uh, chorus. Ver what what was that section? I where am I? I don't know. Ed, yeah. what'd you think? Yeah, kind of the same feeling. I like I like the intro. It's got a nice, dirty, grungy rock edge to it, I think. Uh, I think the chorus flow is pretty good. But yeah, then it goes to that bridge, and I'm like, it's super weird transition to it. It just kind of hits you. And then you're like, okay, where the hell is it going? It eventually gets to where it's going, but I thought it was very just not smooth, uncomfortable almost. Uh, but it did bring it back around, and it, it was just an average song. Uh, Disappointing. Hey, where does where does this one land on the uh, on the list for you? It's just okay for me. Um, Thank God. I, I I didn't have much on this. I just my only note was weird chorus. Like I I don't know. It was just just weird. But uh, 
I guess you expect that from Dave Grohl. Like I, I wasn't a fan of Nirvana and some of the like weird shit they were doing. So I, there are some things with his music that just is off putting for me. And I think this was kind of one of those songs. It was, it was one of my lower rated songs on the album. Well, that's, that's funny. We did, um, they live on the movie podcast this week and you know, the uh, actress that plays, um, that plays across from Rowdy Piper, the, the actress, her name's, her last name's Grace. She's got the really blue eyes. Yeah. So Tony, the uh, co-host goes, I don't know what it is about her. She just gives me like a strange boner. Is she good looking? Is she ugly? I don't know. So I thought that was funny, a strange boner. And this one had a strange chorus. So there it is. Yeah, uh, I need to just interlude into uh, your comment there about They Live. Please yeah. tell me you guys ranked that fight scene between Rowdy Piper and uh, the oh, yeah. other dude there as one of the best filmed TV fight, uh, movie fight scenes ever created. Best ever. And fact is, oh. they the only time they weren't actually hitting each other was uh, the face and the groin shots. They were actually punching each other in the stomach, and all of that was 100% real. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that part of that movie. Fucking great. <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, yeah, we scored that one pretty good. Um, track number six, Up in Arms. Oh, boy. Can you believe we're only about halfway through with this album? Not even. Uh, so we get another song with a slight Beatles vibe in the intro which I enjoyed. Um, I specifically like that ascending bass line. Uh, I thought it was really cool. It stood out to me. Uh, but I wish they had gone in a totally different direction with this song, with the rest of it. I thought they missed an opportunity here to have a, a good song. Uh, but they decided to go with going hot at the end. And it just lost any, like, anything that could have touched me and made me feel that way you want to feel that sort of melancholy way it just wasn't there and dave sprinkles in all these super short songs throughout the album that just feel incomplete and never have time to set the hook to earworm me like b would say um and yeah the chorus just the whole thing sucked the whole thing sucked i just hated it <laughs> I wish he had taken all these little like one and a half and two minute like sort of valid things that he had and just smashed them all into one great four minute song, you know, but he didn't. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? I did not like this one. It's like we, uh, oh, we tried to write an alternative song. Uh, yeah, the solo just followed the melody. I wish they were a little more creative with that. You know, copied the melody. Give me something else. Yeah, boo. Next. Ed, what did you think? Uh, I didn't like the slow intro, but when it kicks in, uh, I like it. I think it's a really good song. I think it's got a nice 50s vibe to it. Uh, the pro I agree. It was. I think they could have turned the song, like you said, dead into something good. I do like the clean guitar sounds that have this slight distortion on it. Whereas it's not too much. It's got a different tone. And, and that's, I was hoping that there was more to it because of that fifties vibe. It had that, you know, the, the fifties, Oh, this girl, this thing. And, and just, I, I like that. I, I don't know. I have a sentimental spot for that type of song. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But it didn't, but it, it didn't, didn't get developed. It didn't develop at all. Yeah, it didn't develop into that. Like, instead, he went with that fucking classic, okay, now we're going to turn the amps on. Now we're going to turn the amps off. It's like, I get yeah. it. It's dynamics. The fucking do it in every single song. 
Oh, yes. Pete, is this one uh, playlist played out or just okay? Again, you guys are crazy. This is playlist for me. I enjoy this song. Um, I I don't know. I love the build up intro. Uh, I like how it kind of hits hits hard at the end. Uh, cool solo. Pretty simple song. Uh, like Ed was saying, kind of kind of does have that fifties vibe, like a modern fifties vibe. But uh, yeah, and this was uh, I was kind of surprised that I did like it as much. With um, this was the only the second track with uh, the original drummer uh, Goldsmiths take on it you know mm. so uh because I, I i like the the drums much better on pretty much all of the other songs but i i did enjoy them on this one too and and i, I had to look twice to make sure it was, i thought it was i was like this must have been dave and it wasn't so i was surprised yeah but i like it playlist the, the drums on this album man it starts to wear on you by about this time you start hearing that 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 it's just like oh my god and while he's screaming it's just like i can't can't fucking do this anymore uh as we talk to this album i noticed that my score is shrinking like gary coleman (laughs) 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 okay uh track number seven (laughs) my hero ah so this is a hit single uh just written to perfection i mean again it's not my jam it's not my flavor ice cream but i mean the sections link together so well the chorus is just amazing the lyrics are repetitive but in that good way and the guitar hook itself is really great in this already great chorus it's a killer track but i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it dave what do you think yeah, that's the uh, big, big drum intro. Uh, multiple tracks of drums on this song. Uh, it is a great pop song. You know, I guess you can't argue with success, uh, except for just that having to hear it over and over again on the radio. Uh, the guitar licks are good. I mean, it's 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 a good song. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Ed, what yep. did you think? Yeah, my last note on this is, honestly, this is one of those songs you can't not like. As much as it's you you heard it a million times, that means it was successful. That means people liked it. Just people aren't going to play shit that no one likes. Uh, But I think it's a great song. I love the drum opening. Uh, I think the music flows really well with the drums. Uh, I like the tones of the instruments, the vocal melody, the lyrics. I think it's just... Everything about this is an, is an A plus for me. Yet this yeah. wasn't my favorite song on the album. Yeah, mine neither. Uh, but it was close. Yes, uh, very. Sophie, I already know this is on your playlist. The question 100%. is, how high on your playlist? It's this is probably number two on my playlist on this album. I'll, I'll okay. say. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that just. It's it's hundred percent playlist, cool song. My only note was like this is like the anthem of the everyday man who goes out and does cool things, you know, is like a everyday good people, you know. And I like that. I like that. I liked everything about this song. So So when Fee's going to the grocery market, you get gassed up on my hero and then go in there like <laughs> fucking with a little swag, like fuck out of my way, man. Fucking just listen to some fucking Foo Fighters. No, he's more he's got like his a plastic guitar slung across his back. Across his back, like fucking, like uh, Richie Sambora. Like that's how he goes into like the New Jersey fucking stop and shop. Like you know why it used to be? It used to be Richie Sambora. 
I got the tassel jacket going. You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about this the other day. So there used to be a mall in Hanover called the Hanover Mall. And I dated a girl and she had got this this law settlement and she collected some money. She's like, I'll buy you something. What do you want? I was like, I had my eye. I'm so embarrassed. I had my eye on this white leather tassel jacket at the Hanover Mall. Nice. So I ended up getting it. This thing was so fucking gay. It's the gayest jacket ever, right? So I wore it a few times, and another buddy of mine had a suede tassel jacket. He's like, I'll trade you. And it was black. And I knew it was still gay, but I knew it wasn't as gay as the white one. So I was like, yeah, let's do that trade. And then I wore that one for a little while until I was able to find somebody who had one of those cool squiggy leather jackets from Laverne and Shirley, which I traded up one more time and got the better leather jacket. But yeah, so fun story. I, th- I think my wife had both of those jackets. <laughs> Maybe they were so mine. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie in his tidy whities with the white leather tassel jacket playing Guitar Hero. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, hey, uh, Des, my grocery store tune is more like Way Cool Jr., not uh, what, <laughs> dude, not. that sounds that sounds like a very specific <laughs> fucking story right there. Way Cool <laughs> Jr., you know, it's no. funny for you. I actually just watched a uh, YouTube video, um, just recently where Warren D. Martini went on this show. It's like on a stage in front of like a, a crowd of people with a guy interviewing him, and all he's got is his guitar and an amp. And he's just asking him questions about Rat and his life and how Rat was conceived. And, you know, and Warren Martini is just kind of like playing licks off some of the albums, playing just some like free jam stuff where he's just kind of noodling while he's talking. Very mm-hmm. cool. I was thinking about you. You should check it out. It's really, really cool. Definitely. Um, What's it on? It's on YouTube. You can't. YouTube. I, yeah. And it's like I said, it's, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's just him and a guy sitting on stools and on an, in an auditorium in front of a crowd of people and he's really kind of an interesting cat the way he's talking like he gets lost in his thoughts where he's not saying anything but you can tell he's kind of like inner monologuing it's mm-hmm. really cool man i i really enjoyed it a lot um okay track eight see you can you believe we're only on track eight out of 14 we've been doing this all day i'm gonna i'm gonna have another birthday <laughs> um <laughs> So this cool little jam, uh, I like the one guitar that's panned hard to one side with a heavy, like, what sounds almost like an echoplex or something weird. Um, it adds like a, a fun little coffee shop feel to it, kind of like a little trendy tune, but it wasn't a great song, and I never, never need to hear it again. Dave, what did you think? I hated the goofy guitar chords and feel. I <laughs> didn't like the bouncy 1920s jazz uh, feel of the track. That's what I got off of it. Uh, vocal and melody were fine. I just wish they did something else with the music. Yeah, I just wish they had written a different song and put it here. <laughs> Ed, what'd you think? Oh, God. Uh, I think you're both out of your fucking minds. Oh, God. Here uh, we go. It was, I thought, I like the fact that all of a sudden it's an actual acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um. And I liked the trippy guitar on the other side of it, playing behind it, uh, and the drums. The walking blues bass line, I thought, was great. It was active. And it's finally a change of pace song that just, I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like I'm 
freaking relaxed now because I'm tense from every other song on this. Um, I did enjoy the song, and I think it's just a nice break from everything that was previous. Yeah, but fucking, but like Dave said, to me it felt like, hey, look how, like, we're doing something different, man. It totally had that, I I listened to it, it starts, and I'm like, oh my god, did they specifically write a song for MTV Unplugged? Oh, but it wasn't good, man. It wasn't like a good version of one of those songs. That's the problem. It wasn't clever. It didn't have a great chorus where I was like, wow. Like they expanded on something from like way back when and made it their own and gave me this fucking great chorus. No, it was just like they barely pulled it off. Like they barely pulled it off. Uh, I I think for, you know, when this came out, you know, what's it, 97 it came out? Yeah. I think for that time period, I think it's it's it fits perfectly because if I remember correctly, music was all over the place at this time period. Oh, yeah. No one knew what was popular, what was going to be the dominant sound in, yeah. But, uh, but you squirrel rather... nut zippers were good. <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather listen to Fly Me to the Moon or would you rather listen to See You? Oh, fly me to the moon <laughs> yeah. every day of the All week. Day, every day. Fee. Uh, I know the listeners are on the edge of their seat. <laughs> Where does this one fall? <laughs> this song was just okay. And, oh, you bet um, your ass away. Yeah, just okay. I don't know. It, did anyone else notice the weird clapping in there or something? Like, was there something? I don't know. That, that just that took away a lot for me. Like, Ed, I was kind of with you on a lot of the stuff there. And then that weird clapping just made it be just o- just okay, almost not even okay. But See, I only okay. noticed that I only noticed the clapping if it happened in the first fifteen seconds of the song because that's all I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you gave it your all on this desk. I'm yeah. only kidding. I'm only um, kidding. I forced myself yeah. to listen to every bit of every song. Yeah. Okay, that was fun. Uh, track nine, <laughs> dude. Track nine. We still have a whole fucking EP to go here. Oh, God. All right. This is called Enough Space. Um, geez. So it's good use of panning on the opening guitar, but I didn't like it because by this time I was getting a headache and this was like exasperating that headache, making it worse. I suspect I might have a brain tumor. I've had a headache for four days, but this usually happens around my birthday. I start like thinking that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Well, uh, you are close to death. Okay, I know. Jesus. (laughs) Um, So this was like a bad Nirvana song, right? Um, Great bass. But when the vocals kicked in, I really started missing Kurt Cobain. I was like, where's Kurt? I want Kurt. I don't want any more of this. This is terrible. Um, It's another song that doesn't have a great chorus. And I felt like Dave was just yelling, like just yelling. That's all. Like, not yelling in any uh, controlled way, no dynamic, no, like, melody. He was just yelling. Dave. All right. Freaky guitar effects. Like the cool distorto bass. Uh, But this is not a whole song. No. They reused the riff too much. They repeated the the one verse over uh, and then the yelling. You know, Dave Grohl can sing. You know, what What the fuck? I mean, it, I, I'd understand if, if he couldn't sing at all, that if that's all he's got, but he knows how to sing, and he should choose some notes rather than streaming. 
Uh, bridge section is cool, but this song needs some more work. But Dave, you know what's weird about the way Dave Grohl sings? So you could give Dave Grohl the most melancholy, like a song that makes you cry. Like think about a song that you know, like for me, it would be like Crown of Thorns, Chloe Dancer. Song that just, it just hits me. It makes like, I can't listen to it without getting choked up. You let Dave Grohl sing that and suddenly it means nothing to me. This man could like literally come out of like the operating room and be like, Des, I'm sorry, but your wife didn't make it. And I'd be like, eh, it's all right. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the guy just can't deliver a fucking melancholy line to save his life, man. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and from, from, from your basement, as Dave Grohl's like, I just bought this, you know, <laughs> half a million dollar soundboard. That's this legendary acoustic oh, soundboard. God. But yeah, sure. He fucking fooled us all. He fleeced us. Ed, what'd you think of enough space? Uh, yeah, I agree with both of these. Uh, cool effect on the guitar to open. Uh, I like the distorted bass. The sound is real good. It's a decent bass groove. Uh, but honestly, it's just a typical, average, generic, mailed-in Foo Fighters song. Mm. It did nothing for me. Okay. Fee, I just don't know where we're going today. Uh, enough space. Is this one... Uh, I, I want to change the, the list today to something that's like, is this a fucking, like, a, a guitar hero jam along? Is this a... Like, you know, I don't know. Where does it fall? What is this for you? I, this was just okay for me. Uh, the screaming's starting to get to me too much by now on the album in general. Um, but I did, you know, my only notes were like cool intro. And, you know, I was kind of disappointed because usually I like those songs that kind of bring you into those ultimate highs and then kind of bring you back out, bring you back in, you know. And I don't know, maybe it was just the screaming that just took away from that. But I, I just, this is my second lowest rated song on the album right here. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, track 10, February Stars. Oh, my God. Uh, so all the little acoustic You sound intros, exhausted. I am. So all the little <laughs> intros on the album could have been woven together to make one beautiful four-minute song, but only if somebody else was singing them. But for <laughs> me, this was the most complete ballad offering on the album. But again, it had no hook and had to get all heavy at the end where it should have been looking for a delicate hook to pull at my heartstrings. I don't ever need to hear this song again. Dave, what did you think of February Star? I like the really nice doubled guitars. It might be my favorite song on this album so far. Mm. Uh, good harmony vocals. But then the loud guitars kick in. They did not need to do that. My ears were actually hurting. But the chords are cool. Uh, they could have not used the, the guitars, but made the sound bigger with something else. Maybe add in some you know, keyboards or some shit, you know, ju just to do something a little different to, to get that, you know, if you want to get that rise in, in the song. But, uh, but I did like the song. Dave, you heard it exactly the way I heard it. There was yeah. a great song here, but 
it never happened. And they should have explored some violins, some cello, some keys, anything to get that dynamic. But Dave's crappy guitar again. <laughs> Fuck him. Ed, what did you think of this? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Another clean intro with lyrics. Uh, I think it's a very obvious Foo Fighters progression that they've just made a career out of. And I like the progressions because, you know, I like the way they make mix with the, the minor chords and everything. And it, it flows, but I almost feel like they wrote this song knowing that they were going to play these songs on tour. And this is going to be right in the middle, so we get a break. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And that's um, just, yeah, it, it's, it's, I didn't love it. I didn't even like it. Fee, honestly, <laughs> have you ever cried while listening to a Foo Fighters song? No. Okay. No. Ed, have you ever cried while listening to a Mr. Big song? No. <laughs> I have. I have. Okay. The whole record. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Right? Dude, we only got it took to track 10. Dude, my wife was laughing. She goes, dude, last week when Ed said, Yes, go fuck yourself. She goes, it was funnier than when he called you a fucking hack the week before. <laughs> Says, you know why? Because you're a fucking hack. <laughs> fucking awesome. Okay. Yeah, we couldn't, love each other. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, couldn't be any closer to the truth. Uh, so track 11. Uh, oh, do I, do I get a take on that oh, one or no? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fee. I'm, <laughs> I've completely lost my way here. We're so far in the forest. I thought that you went. Fee, did you cry? Well, I thought when I asked you if you would ever cry to a Foo Fighters song, that was pretty much wrapping up February Stars. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Did you cry to this song? No, I did not. I, I was really torn between OK and Playlist on this. I went with OK because I thought it was kind of missing something, too. And okay. and I'm with you, Des, on the strings. I thought I thought some some background like violin or something like that would have would have made this song pretty, pretty cool. You know, a lot better than it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, on, an al- on an album with 14 songs, you cannot be a one trick pony. You just can't be. You have to have a couple of other tricks in your bag. You can't roll yeah. out the same formula 14 times in a row. It's not going to happen. Not for me. Yeah. Woo. Okay. <laughs> Track 11. We're almost there, guys. We only have 15 songs to go. <laughs> uh, this one is called Everlong, which is very suiting for where we are in this album because this album is very long. Uh, again, we get an exceptional, we, we get exceptional songwriting here. I don't even, did I write that wrong? I don't even know what I'm saying now. The chorus is undeniably good. I mean, it is. Dave delivers good lyrics here. I find his voice to lack the emotion and tone to bring me to that sad place that a song like this needs to bring me for it to be effective for me. I, I know what he was going for. And the words do make me feel like that. I mean, it's like I was saying, it's exceptional songwriting. And I got confused because I couldn't believe that I had written. Again, we get exceptional songwriting here because it just didn't jive with the way I feel about this album. But the lyrics are very good. The delivery is not. It's a killer song, killer arrangement, not my flavor. And Dave cannot pull this off like another singer could have. Dave, what'd you think? Well, it's obviously a big hit. 
but these weird dissonant chords uh, in the you know beginning in the verse, uh, they sort of resolve them in the pre-chorus and the chorus. They change to more normal, simpler chords, and I think that you know it's probably purposeful to to highlight the choruses and sort of give you that you know give you that you know loosening up of the collar and just ah you know here you go here's your big chorus and you know so that was a, a cool songwriting uh you know thing that they did there it's you know big song you know not my thing but yeah yeah <laughs> not my thing uh <clears throat> ed what'd you think about this one uh i this intro is just so good this is one of those songs it's a long drive song you know, you, you, you're kind of just cruising along, and then by the time the song's over, you catch, you look down, and you're doing over 100 miles an hour because you're just feeling the tension, I think, in the music. I think the instruments have a good tension in them um, that they're trying to express. Uh, and I think tell the, the story as good as the lyrics do. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I really like this song. This is, I mean, you can't knock the song. It's just wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the best or one of the best, um, Foo Fighters song ever. So yeah, you're, you're tearing down the highway going a hundred miles an hour, like some Monday morning, Karen staring at your phone with your left hand. Yeah. Okay. This is one of those, you know, you're cruising across the country and you have, you just look forward. There's no Hills. There's nothing but fields. And you're like, this is going to be the longest moment of my life. And then you put on a song like this, and next thing you know, it's over. <laughs> okay. Fee, what'd you think of this one? Is this going to make the playlist, or are you throwing it in the trash? Oh, playlist, 100%. This is, uh, I don't know, I, I only had a couple of notes on this. Was One it was like, this song's so cool. I don't know. I just I just enjoy it. And I'm, I'm with you, Ed, on that. Like I, I've definitely had this song on on long drives, and just feeling it. I don't know. It's a good song. I Fee, enjoy it I thoroughly. have some bad news for you. This song, not cool. Um, <laughs> okay, like Sympathy for the Devil, song is cool. This yeah. song, not cool. It's it's <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy, kind of yes. like, you know, yeah. chlamydia. Oh, and I wanted to clear that up, too, because my wife said she listened. No, you always want to clear it up. Because no, yeah. my wife listened to the podcast, and she said, you know, you made it sound like you had gonorrhea. It was not gonorrhea. It was chlamydia. I had chlamydia. Very what common. Yeah. <laughs> and crabs. <laughs> I love it. And and Fee goes, what a relief. Um, yeah, um, that was roughly at the same time. So I imagine that the girl I slept with was questionable. She was a great hair wonder. Though. Yeah. Yeah, she had great hair. Um yeah. Okay, it's track number 12, uh, Walking After You. I can't believe we still got more to go. Uh, there are too many of these jams on the album, in my opinion. These lullabies that go nowhere, they don't touch me in the way they tend to do like an uncle out in the fucking shed. This thing is cheap version of Still Crazy After All These Years by Paul Simon. No thank you. I'll pass. Dave. This song didn't give you chlamydia. This song did not give me chlamydia. Dave, what'd you think? Yes, I heard some uh, mallets on the the cymbals, you know, making some, uh, you know, some some little change in the drum sound. Song's kind of boring, weird note, 
choices, weird chord choices. I wasn't crazy about the guitar solo. The idea wasn't bad. It was just, I didn't like the way they played it. Uh, maybe if they had put it on a different instrument or something like that. Uh, I did go listen to the full band version from the X-Files soundtrack, which was, you know, the uh, the band they put together after that, and they, they redid the song. It's better. But hmm, yeah, I, I didn't like this one. Ed, what'd you think of this one? Uh, this is the beginning of the end for me. It, <sighs> I was just, I was so done with this album at this point. Uh, and I think really it just crap after crap after crap. Uh, I do, I get it. It has this like Sergeant Pepper. They were tr- vibe they're trying to go for it, but it wasn't there. It under delivers and just epically, in my opinion, it feels very filler. It, uh, it's just uh, so just blah. Ed, they reached for that Sergeant Pepper thing a few times on this, which, and literally I've written down like Sergeant Pepper, like they, but it just wasn't like, it just wasn't, I barely heard it. And you know, they were trying to hit you over the head with it, but yeah. they couldn't pull it off. Fee, do you like Sergeant Pepper? Yeah, very okay, much. Good. Uh, do you like it better than walking after you? Go. Do I, do I like Sergeant Pepper better than this song? Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay. okay, thank God. Uh, yeah. And as far as this one goes, what do you think? Uh, just okay. Next. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> new Way Home. Oh, oh, no. Not this drum beat again. He leaned on the Team Spirit drum riff way too much on this album. The bass was really good on the tune, and the whole <laughs> album was nice filled with runs and flow, but the song was just not doing it for me. And the choice to give me whispering vocals for 15 minutes at the end just didn't work, followed by another 15 minutes of Dave just screaming, scared, scared, sucked ass. <laughs> Fuck this song. Wow. Yeah, I, I literally can't even read these notes anymore. Fee, go ahead. Oh, you want me to take this next? Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I've literally lost my mind at this point. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally wants trying, it to end so bad. I'm trying to get us to the finish line. I'm like, and next, the color of shape. Uh, Dave, quickly, why did you hate this song? Yes, yeah, 60s vibe uh, feels pretty straight ahead, but it started rambling. You know, just different section, different section. The bass stood out, which was good. Uh, it was pretty rare on this album that that they featured the bass player um we rhymed home and kingdom which is a stadium in seattle home kingdom over and over and over again way too long uh we needed some editing and rewriting and less yelling i like the guitar at the end it was not too bad yeah dave i didn't want to hear that line once not to mention over and over ed quickly why did you hate this song <laughs> Uh, opening is uneventful. Uh, it, it, oh my God, the song is simple, but it has a different vibe. Uh, when the song gets quiet, then it speeds up, then it kicks into the typical sound of the album. It was just, I was just done, completely done at this point with it. And Fee, why do you love this song? I don't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and this was another one I was torn on okay or played out. And and I'll tell you why, because, and I'll just read my note progression on this, you know, starts out great. One of my favorites on the album, then it stops. 
enough of the fucking repeated chorus. Just end the song, please. I would probably take a piss 90 seconds into this song live. Maybe in my pants. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, so finally the last track, it wasn't on the album, but I included it just because it's the title. And guys, when we go to the scoring of this, can, I mean, Ed, Dave, please, this, this is not as good as nothing shocking. Can we come together as a team on this and make it happen this week? Okay. This is Uh, way better than nothing shocking. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Dude, you, all right. I know you don't believe that. I know you don't believe that. Okay. Okay, the color and shape. Uh, the color and the shape. I was hoping to end this marathon on a high note. Just more Dave screaming, oh my God, I'm fucking tapping out. I only finished listening to this piece of shit because I had to for the podcast and I have integrity. What a fucking mess. Yeah. Dave, what'd you think? Same. Oh no, stop with the noise. This is everything I didn't like about this album. Uh, shitty song that shouldn't have made it onto any major label major label album. Uh, leave this in the basement where it belongs. Fuck this song. Yeah, fuck this song. It's not even a real song. Ed, what did you think of this jam? Uh, my first song is Nope with three exclamation points. Uh, followed by... It seems like they were trying to write an old school punk slash Zappa sound song. And they totally failed. Yeah, it's none of that. It's none of what you just said. None of those things. Ah, oh, Fee, finish this. Put a sword in it. Yeah, uh, my notes. Fucking awful. Stop screaming. I'd rather be deaf than listen to another second of this. Uh, I fucking hate this song. It sucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That was almost oh. a haiku, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. We'll work on that. And now, this is why I'm so glad we added this segment, because I need this. I fucking need this right now. And now, it is time to release the bonus track. <laughs> Please tell the listeners what the bonus track was this week. All right. This week, I chose Fat Bottomed Girls by Queen because it's fucking amazing. Okay. So right off the bat, listening to this track immediately after the color and shape was like drinking cold milk after eating a habanero pepper in a poorly made bowl of diarrhea chili. It was soothing to my ears after listening to Dave Grohl's uninspiring vocals and his endless screaming. This is how you do an acapella intro. Oh, fuck, do these guys know how to build a song? When the second verse kicked in, I'm excited, like I'm hearing it for the first time all over again. And the chorus is fucking all night long without taking a shower. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to judge this one on its own scale, which I'm gonna call the Queen scale, because Queen is so high above most fans, I can't even do it because it would be a hundred watts. But on this Queen scale, I'm giving this a 96.7 watts only because Queen has several. 100 watt songs that are going to have to peak higher than this while we do this uh, bonus track segment. So I know we're going to see more and I have to leave a little room there. So uh, 96.7 watts, um, but for many other band, it would be 100 watts. Uh, 
Dave, bonus track. All right. I love Queen. They are one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, this track is from 1978. Uh, got some drop D guitar tuning here. It's a normally tuned guitar where the low E string is turned down one step down to D. Um, this is one of the mandatory riffs to play when you tune your guitar to drop D, along with Unchained by Van Halen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, great big vocal harmony, great guitar sounds, and, you know, good fun for everyone. Uh, at, at 1 minute and 25 seconds, um, in, in the full version, not in the greatest hits edit, but they have uh, the guitar kind of chugging along. 1 minute and 25 seconds, they do this clap thing. You're waiting the, the whole song for that clap. It's awesome. It's my favorite part of the whole song. Thank God. 95. 95. All right. And Ed, bonus track. Yeah, Fat Bottom Girls is one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean, it is just epic Queen. Queen, you can't... Even the worst Queen song, and they have some stinkers, is better than so many other bands' best songs. Uh, yeah. because of just their thought process, their songwriting, what their goals were to achieve. I mean, oh, I love Queen. Um, but this song, first off, I want to make a point that the guy who picked this song is all about creepy lyrics. Yet this song, if you read the lyrics, is about a woman taking advantage of a boy. So mm. apparently your creepy <laughs> lyrics only go one way, Fee. Um, Indeed, but yeah, this I've I've heard so many bands try to play this, and it's such an indicator of is this a good band or a bad band? Because if you have the balls to play this, and it doesn't sound good, you're a fucking asshole. Oh yeah, I mean because this I've heard bands pull it off good, and it's just you just sit there, you you want to leave because you're like, okay, the 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 show that I just witnessed, this song is going to be the best song they played if it's good. And what's your watch score on Fat Body Girls? Uh, 90.1. 90.1. I like that we're leaving a little queen space to breathe here. Um, and did that older woman give the child chlamydia and crabs? Okay. <laughs> Fee, what is your thoughts on the bonus track? Um, I, obviously, I love this song, I, you know, which is why I chose it. I, you know, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody earlier in the week, and I was like, man. This song just fucking slays like it hits. It, one of the things I always felt with this and with a lot of Queen tracks is I can't believe there are only three instruments being played by these guys. Like it sounds like so much more coming at you. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. I love this song. Um, but Des, you made me think like, do we have to rate this on the Queen scale? Even if I rate it on the Queen scale, I, I 98. This song is amazing. It is, dude. It is amazing. All right, Ed. Uh, did you keep the scores or do you want me to tell you what they are? No, you need to tell me what they are. Okay. So with a 96.7, a 95, a 90.1, and a 98, how many watts is Fat Bottom Girls pushing? <laughs> I don't need a drum roll for this one because I just did my math wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you like the scores again? No, I got them. And the watt score for this is a 94.95 watts. And Fee, you are on the top of the Breaking Vinyl Wall of Fame with the number one bonus track 
Stop all them girls at 94.95. All right. Yeah. All right. Woo. Okay. One out of one, baby. <laughs> all right. There we go. Um, back in a thousand. Okay. So uh, my favorite song on this album was Monkey Wrench. The one I cut is The Color and Shape. What a fucking mess. Dave, what do you got? My favorite track was February Stars. Nice song and a minimum of annoying bullshit. <laughs> I would cut the color and the shape. Pure garbage, seemingly never ending. Yes, and Ed, same question. Uh, my favorite song is Everlong. And the song that I would cut was a toss-up. And the flip of the coin went to No Way Home. The toss-up was between color and sh- in the shape or New Way Home. And I just disliked New Way Home by half a point. Okay. And Fee, same question. Uh, yeah, this was a tough choice, but I'm with Ed on my top track, Everlong. Amazing. And the color and the shape is dog shit. Needs to go. Okay. Uh, replace one member and who? For me, I am getting rid of Dave Grohl on <laughs> vocals. And I'm adding Kurt Cobain. And we're just going to have another Nirvana album. I think Kurt uh, would probably, you know, uh, influence the writing on this and just make it a better album all the way around. Fuck uh, Kurt Cobain. Fuck you. Dave, what do you think? I don't know. It's it's all fine, I guess. And I would say maybe throw Wolfgang Van Halen on bass just for funsies. Okay. Okay. Fuck Kurt Cobain. Dude, are you fucking smoking crack over there? Fuck Kurt Cobain? Like, yes. I don't even like that kind of music, and I can appreciate that he was a fucking amazing visionary. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, um, <laughs> Ed, what do you got? Uh, I would remove Pat Schmier. Uh, and replacing with Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I, I think it would have added a much better sound. I think that's good, because anybody that's named after a pap smear needs to go. Uh, <laughs> Fee, what do you got? Well, This one was kind of tough for me, too, because I think this would have been a pretty good uh, Soundgarden album. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I think. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think no. so. No. Um, but... Uh, I didn't want to take away Dave's voice. It is kind of Dave's life story. So I went with just saying, fuck it, replace the bassist with uh, the bassist from Nirvana, Chris Nova Selleck oh. or whatever his name is. Oh, and he was God, terrible was too. Garbage. They all suck. So That's, yeah. Oh, fuck it, dude. Oh, I mailed it I, in on this one. Uh, <sighs> fucking give Nirvana yes, some respect. Pick a Nirvana guys. album. We'll have fun with that one. Go ahead. I don't oh. love Nirvana. I don't love Nirvana, but I can appreciate that it's amazing. Okay. Every song would be a zero. They, I, I yeah. appreciate how it all went about and how they kind of became them. But, oh, my God, do I find it just, ugh. Okay, let's quickly go through these final thoughts and scores. Let's not give this album too much more time. Uh, Dave, final thoughts, final score on this shitty album. Go ahead. All right. Dave Grohl is famously known as the nicest guy in rock and seems like a very cool dude. This album is a handful of monster hits, a few unfinished songs, and some random bullshit. But maybe that's all you need. I would have liked some more of the good songs, uh, but it's not really my uh, uh, my taste, and I'll probably never listen to it again, except for being assaulted by the hits on the radio. Okay. Just don't get that alternative deal. Uh, so I'll tell you right now, uh, I went too low with Jane's Addiction, <laughs> and uh, I gave this one a 36. A 36. Nice, nice. You know what? I feel like, um, I feel like your girlfriend, Lisa made you say that, uh, about Jane's addiction. And I appreciate, I appreciate the admission that you had that one wrong. 
Ed, give us your final thought quickly. And your Watt score on this piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, All right. If they got rid of the two minute songs and like, like you said throughout this podcast and just make one, four, three, four minute song to replace those, it would have been a better album. Uh, I also agree with B. I get it. Music, the, the best thing about music is that it's usually associated with memories. So if you have good memories about something, you're going to feel better about some, about it, uh, especially about the song. However, I don't have a shitload of memories for this song, uh, this album. I do love the uh, three big songs on this. And there are a couple others that I did enjoy. I gave this a watch score of 65.3. Woo. Okay, Fee. What do you got? Yeah, same with Ed. I mean, for me, it was, you know, I think it's a great album. It, was, it has a lot of great memories for me. Um, I I was surprised I scored it as, as low as I did. I thought this was going to be higher for me in the end. But when I when I added everything up track by track, I, I came up with uh, 78. Okay, and I had a whole thing written out, but I'm not even going to fucking say it. This is a 35.7. Done. Stamped. Uh <laughs> So, Ed, will you please calculate those scores for us? All righty. So, uh, you might have a little bit of success here, Des. Oh, God, please. Quite, quite possibly. So, the total oh, watch score for this album is 53.75. It's still going to be above Jane's Addiction. Nothing shocking. Oh, Dave, will you please tell us where that score lands it on the Breaking Vinyl chart? You're going to be really happy. Happy birthday, oh, Des. It uh, comes in at number 18, the oh, bottom God. of the list, just under Jane's Addictions, Nothing <laughs> Shocking, who had oh. 55.67. What a relief. I can't believe that an album full of whale songs, like whales <laughs> fucking. Is it too late to change my score? No, better than no. this album. <laughs> Okay, guys, so let me give you next week's pick. So I know I tipped my hat and said we were going to possibly be doing with Bane, no respect. I've changed my mind, and I'm throwing a, uh, I'm throwing in an audible. I listened to this album a few times during the week, and as much as I love this album, and I do love this album, this was a local band in San Francisco when I was living there, working on Hate Street. They used to come in and shop. I love this album. But I'm not sure on a week when I'm going to give the listeners homework and give you an album that is a very obscure album. This is an album that everybody needs to hear. I don't know if they do. Because Davey Vane is an acquired taste. I love him. I don't know if you will. So I've changed my pick and I'm going to be doing a very obscure album, but it's one you can all find. And it's one that I think you absolutely need to listen to. It's full of wonderful choruses that are... I, I won't get into it. The album is by The Dogs D'Amore, okay? And that's The Dogs, capital D, with an apostrophe, A-M-O-U-R. The Dogs D'Amore. And the album is in the Dynamite Jet Saloon. Nice. So I need all of you to do your homework. Go listen to this album. You will not regret it. This is if the Rolling Stones fucked Hanoi Rocks, had a child, and it rolled around in the dirt. This is a fucking great album. (laughs) (laughs) What's the title of the album? Dynamite what? In the Dynamite Jet Saloon by The Dogs D'Amore. Capital D apostrophe A-M.
O-U-R, and it is on Pandora. So, this is a wonderful album. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you all come back after this amazing podcast we gave you today. I had a lot of fun doing it, guys. Appreciate all of you. Um, and remember, guys, so go to the Facebook page. Please put in your submissions for next week's um, bonus track. Put it in there. We're going to pick one from you guys. We're going to talk about it. We're going to give you guys credit for the pick. We're going to put your name and your track on the fucking wall of fame. You're going to be immortalized in breaking vinyl history. So don't miss your chance to do that. And uh, until that, um, thanks for coming. Take the albums out of the sleeve and let the music breathe. See you next time. I can't believe that I had nothing better to do on my birthday but break down a shitty Foo Fighter albums with you three degenerates. But that's where I am today. <laughs>